Hey, guys, this is the time to follow the Browns, so make sure you follow the Browns on the Odyssey app to get all the audio from 92.3 The Fan pushed to your phone. Plus, if you miss anything from our live shows, check out the chapters labeled by our producers so you can search for the segments that you want. Make sure you download the Odyssey app to follow the Browns throughout the season. All right. It was a photo finish before the show because I, I went down to the street. I went to the store. I ended up getting some Lunchables. I don't know why I was feeling Lunchables today. Haven't had Lunchables in like a really long time. I've been on like a two-week kick of eating really, really good. You know, like grilled chicken and a lot of like steamed broccoli and a lot of really nice vegetables. And I knew I'm hanging out with some friends over the weekend. I got a, a buddy coming over Sunday night. I got another friend coming over Saturday. Or excuse me, I'm going to a friend's house Saturday. And I just, I, I, I knew pizza was on the horizon and I just decided to go for it. And I got these pizza Lunchables and I just, like Jax, we debated it before the show. Should I go get them? Should I not get them? I found out you're an enabler. You, you were like, yeah, you, you, you go get those Lunchables. You earned it. They sounded good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I regret it. I regret the move big time right now. No part of me feels better for it. I thought in the moment I would. No part of me feels better. But, Jax, you were telling me about a trick with Lunchables before the show. I'd never heard this. I'd never heard that you could microwave a Lunchable and it come out all right. If anyone's done this, tweet at me at and Jake, like, I, you didn't try it, though, did you? No, I never tried it. I just brought up the idea because I saw it on TikTok that this guy was saying that on the back of the pizza one specifically that you can microwave it and they're supposed to be microwaved because it comes as a raw pizza. Tell me, I'll I'll let you in on what a a fatty McFat I am, okay? Uh, And I'm not, listen, there's hosts at this station that legitimately are like, I'm overweight and I need help. And listen, they have their own journeys. They do whatever they need to do. More power to them not actually fat. I'm more dad bod fat. Like if you went to the, if I go to the doctor, maybe the BMI says I'm obese because BMI is messed up. But if you looked at me, you're probably like, yeah, you're not headed towards needing a, one of those like speedy go-karts to take you around. One of the wheelchairs that like have like horsepower in back of it. I'm not there yet. And I'm trying to make sure that I don't ever get there is the point. But I bought two Lunchables, one to eat in the moment. And the second to heat up in the microwave and test our theory, I got so hungry I ate both of them. I ate both of them. I don't feel proud about that. I feel a little ashamed if I'm being honest. The worst part, though, is when you eat something that isn't great for you. And then when after you eat it, you're like, this wasn't great and I don't feel great about it. And even during it, you're like, why am I doing this? This is so stupid. Ah. So anyway, I'm just kicking off my weekend, and uh, and then by Monday, I think I'll get back right back on it. Although I do think Saturday, Sunday, I think I'm going to try to eat all right. I mean, I'm going to try. Well, like, I mean, obviously, I'm going to have pizza, and I'm going to do some things because I'm hanging out with friends, but I'm going to try. Give it my all. So wish me luck. And then actually, I won't even – so here's the setup for Monday. Monday's weird. Monday, because it's a holiday, I won't be on this show, 7 to midnight. But if you tune in from 3 to 6, I'll be on these airwaves because I'll be on CBS Sports Radio. So I'll be doing national radio that will be aired in its entirety on this radio station here on 92.3 The Fan, 3 to 6. So feel free to tune in. Uh, give me a call. I always love when Cleveland callers call in. I think it's the coolest thing uh, because then I can call. I can, I can like enter it, and we can just like kind of have like our uh, our own joke about Cleveland and like the sense of, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't, it's funny. You, the, the game you should play is seeing whether or not I'll call it 92.3 The Fan instead of CBS Sports Radio. Because anytime I see Cleveland on the little list for calls, I tend to then my brain goes back to 92.3 The Fan, and that's how you can trip me up. And then and I naturally then I, I say Cleveland is like, I go to the beautiful city of Cleveland, Ohio. And then I go to the caller, and then I always get DMs after the fact being like, hey, stop calling the city beautiful. We don't want people to know that it's a good city. Like, hush up. You're, you're on a national stage. We're trying to keep this thing our own little private. Uh, let, let them think it sucks. Let them think it sucks. Meanwhile, I'm the one over here advocating that Cleveland is better than Vegas in July. And, and that got, well, I got a bunch of DMs on that one. People are like, hey, you're really talking up the city a little bit too much. Settle it down. Uh, unless uh, the tourism board starts paying you, maybe you keep that one on the hush-hush. Anyway, I'm excited for this weekend, though. Monday, CBS Sports Radio, please be listening. 3 to 6 o'clock is when we'll get after it. I don't know how much Brown stuff I'm going to be doing, and so I want to sneak as much of it as I can in with you guys here, okay? 216474 to below 92. Daniel Jeremiah was on the Ryan Rosillo show, and he went on this tangent about how Deshaun Watson wasn't as good last year and in fact he made the claim that Deshaun Watson got set up to fail in some sort of ways like Stefanski didn't put him in systems and in ways that he thought would make him successful Watson last year doesn't impact Deshaun this year in the slightest bit in my mind Stefanski spent 10 weeks trying to win with Jacoby you had a small percentage chance to go to the postseason Browns entered that four and seven the defense was an absolute disaster with Joe Woods that was beyond repair. The only way you were sneaking into the postseason was to have the offense instantly turn into the Chiefs' offense. And even though I think they can get close to that, it's interesting to me that Stefanski opted not to try and see if they could. But I've been thinking a lot about this. That narrative that Ken came up and then Nick brought up an afternoon drive as well, crediting Ken, I think it's a convenient one. I know I said, if you don't know the narrative, Ken has been on this idea that, and this is, or this is what people within the Browns have texted him, that Kevin Stefanski didn't necessarily use anything that he would use this year with Deshaun Watson because he wanted to keep that a secret. I think that's exactly the thing that the Browns would text a member in the media if you saw last year go down the way it went down. Listen, I would believe it. If I got Ken on the horn, and Ken's doing Friday night high school stuff, if I got Ken on the horn and then Ken turned around and said, no, 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 no. They told me this before they ever even saw Deshaun Watson play a snap. They weren't going to use the playbook. They weren't going to use anything they were going to use next year. They were throwing in the towel for this season, and they were really focused on next year. Then I would believe it. Ken would have had to have shown me the text in the moment, but then I would have believed it. Why I don't believe it is the impression I have is that Ken was told this after the fact. Ken was told this after they already bleeped the bed. Ken was told this after they already threw up over their shoes. Ken was told this after we already saw the final product. That's what gets me all up in a tizzy. Like produce in the fridge. You can't go backwards in these type of things. It's always ending up rotten. You can't tell me that all of a sudden this is what your plan was after the fact. 
it sounds just believable enough that someone can go with it and not question it. But it doesn't make sense if you take a bigger look at everything. It's like when you're you're warming up in in, in the putting green, right? I'm a big golfer. I love golf. And you, and you hit such a bad putt that it goes to a different hole, and you just pretend that you were hitting at that hole. Like, okay, you fell into that. And so you're not embarrassing yourself, and no one can disprove that you weren't going for the new hole, so there you go. Nobody can disprove that the Browns weren't doing what Ken is suggesting, but I don't buy it. And this audio with Daniel Jeremiah that I'll play for you coming up next segment doesn't make it any make any more sense. I think it was all incredibly challenging, and I think it was harder than what they anticipated. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. I think it was hard for them. And they were surprised that it was that hard for them when they made Brissett look easy. But that happens when you have that much time off and you don't get a true ramp up and you just get thrown in the fire. You can't hire people off the street. It's like Baker when he landed in L.A. with Sean McVay. So one jersey our buddy Jake Murren did not buy for some reason. Well, not for some reason. It's because he had number 17 and not number 6. But when Baker landed in L.A. with McVay, they were basically playing backyard football at that point. They weren't playing real football. Now, Baker looked good that first day. Ultimately, it was what it was, but that was backyard football at its finest. That's not much of a difference than what I saw with Stefanski and Watson. They were playing backyard football last year. That's all they could do. Go look at that Washington game when he had the most amount of success. That's all it was. Watson was just throwing it up there. You're wondering why Watson was put in a bad position to succeed. It's because... Watson was tasked with an impossible thing to overcome. But the idea that Kevin Stefanski chose to not use any plays for the following year and instead chose to make sure that, what, Deshaun Watson entered the offseason with about as little confidence as he ever had, I just can't buy into. If you're going to give me the option of giving Deshaun Watson some of the playbook for the following year and whatever you're going to use, but it's going to make Deshaun Watson, instead of a 58% completion percentage thrower, into, let's say, a 68 or a 70%, something that he can go and hang his head high at, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get him confident. Even if Stefanski was promised that he could return next year, why would he tank the last part of that season? You don't get the draft pick out of tanking. This tape suggests that he purposely put Deshaun in bad situations. That sounds so ridiculous to me. If it's me, I'm taking the idea that I want my quarterback to be as good as possible. The circumstances were just too hard to overcome. It's okay. The circumstances, they've changed for this season. Remember when we had the interviews for the afternoon show here? Do you guys remember that? The people that had the advantage for the interviews and and that came in and did the shows were the people that knew how the show operated already. I mean, everyone did great. But really good broadcasters that didn't know the segments or the bits didn't sound as good as, let's say, someone that came in here and knew what every bit was. I had a leg up because I knew every bit of it. When I fill in for Nick now, or when I fill in for uh, really just Nick on Afternoon Drive there, I know every bit that they do. I know every segment that they do. There's no curveballs. There's no guessing game. Like, you're going to have a better opportunity. For sure you are. Then somebody, if they just took you off the street and said, go to a five-hour radio show, and you don't know the bells and whistles attached to it. It's all right. Circumstances have changed. Deshaun Watson went from knowing nothing about Stefanski. I don't know. I mean, when he took the job, I don't know that he could have picked out Kevin Stefanski if he was a passenger in his car. He didn't know the guy. He had no relationship with the guy. And then he, he comes to the Browns. 
He does training camp and then just completely disappears for 10 weeks. Gone. Like a thief in the night. Just you can't find him. He's gone off practicing, off doing whatever on his own. He was at, he was practicing at baseball fields with D3 players that were willing to come help him catch. It was ridiculous circumstances. And then he's supposed to just enter the Browns and be awesome. Nobody could be awesome that way. Patrick Mahomes couldn't have been awesome that way. If you told Mahomes, go to the Indianapolis Colts, you get the preseason and then stop and then come back in week 11, and then Shane Steichen is going to try to draw plays for you and go after it, I don't care if he just played in the Super Bowl last year. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be the Patrick Mahomes that you know. There's no way. So I'm not buying the theory that Ken is throwing out there. I think I think people within the Browns, the people that texted that to Ken, that gave that uh, Ken that information, I think that was incredibly convenient. Incredibly convenient. I think they wanted to make it seem like that's what Kevin Stefanski was doing, like there was some big plan to it all, like, oh, we were just holding back. We weren't giving it our – we are just holding back. I'm not buying it. Not buying it in the slightest bit. I bet they wanted Deshaun Watson to look as good as possible last year. It's just impossible circumstances. And then once they realized it was impossible circumstances, then maybe they pulled it back a little bit. But ultimately, what you should have been trying to do is make Deshaun Watson look as best as he's ever looked. Uh, you want the most confidence in life, don't you? I, I do at least. I, listen, I know I'm not nearly as good if I've been kicked and beaten down. Meanwhile, I walk out of a show. You guys are telling me I'm Howard Stern. I'm like, let's do this thing. Here we go. We're back tomorrow. Like, confidence is everything in life, man. When it came to Deshaun, his confidence got sucked out of the room when he ended up with a 58% completion percentage. All he'd ever been was good at this. His life crumbled. People told him he was an awful human. People that never met him told him he was an awful human. But he still had football. And he was always good at football. And then all of a sudden he wasn't. You telling me that doesn't mess with you? Of course it messes with you. So if Stefanski, if they did do what Ken suggests they do, I don't believe they did, but if they did, it's an awful, awful beyond awful plan. I'm more about confidence with Deshaun and building him up, but I think the circumstances were too hard to overcome, and I think the excuse is now very convenient for the Browns. Two one six four seven four to below 92. How many games will it take for Deshaun to look like the old Deshaun to you? And what did Jason Lock and Fora say about the new Brown situation at quarterback? It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on the fan. All righty, back out of here on the fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Glad you guys could all be with me here today. How many games will it take for Deshaun to look like the old Deshaun to you? For me, that answer is easy. I'm expecting things right away against Cincinnati. I'm not even hesitating. I'm not even waiting. Why would I wait when I expect Deshaun Watson to hit the ground running and I expect him to take full advantage of the fact that he hasn't played really good football in a pretty long time? Seriously. Why am I sitting here waiting for Deshaun Watson to be good when I know he's got the ability to be good right away? 
Now, you, some of you guys might say, but Jonathan, you, you saw him complete eight passes in the preseason. What has you so optimistic that Deshaun has this all figured out? I think, oddly enough, part of it is the fact that Kevin Stefanski, I think, is so good at what he does. When given the keys to a Ferrari, I feel like he's only going to do his best work. If I keep calling him Kyle Shanahan White... Kyle Shanahan never really got a great quarterback to work with. The best quarterback he got to work with, though, was Matt Ryan in the 2016 season. That's the year that they went to the Super Bowl and they lost 28, the 28 to 3 lead against the Patriots. But during that season, Matt Ryan had one of the best non-Patrick Mahomes seasons we've seen in the previous decade of football. He was unreal. That was the best season of Matt Ryan's career. That was the best we've ever seen Matt Ryan be. And it's all because Kyle Shanahan took him from B plus to A plus. He was able to accelerate his game. Deshaun Watson is unequivocally a better quarterback than Matt Ryan ever has been or ever will be. Deshaun Watson's going to be really good out of the gate. I got a feeling. He's going to be really good this year. He's going to be really good in general. But I got a feeling he's going to be really good just chomping, champing at the bit in order to try to get this whole thing kicked off right? I just believe it. I know, I know, I'm a very pragmatic human. Typically, i got to see it in order to believe it. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, he was trash last year, Jonathan. Why? How could you possibly buy into it? Well, this year's different. He's had an entire offseason where he's taken his guys to Puerto Rico. They've been working out in different spots. Like The little part, the part of the Michael Wood story that nobody talks about Michael Woods got injured, and everyone's like, oh, my God, he's out for the year. What's going on? This is miserable. And, yes, it was miserable. There's no doubt about it. You know how he got injured? Working out with Deshaun Watson, but nobody talks about it. Like that, and it, it, you know how many times that type of story happened where it's like, well, oh, yeah, the guy looked great. How do you know he looked great? Oh, yeah, I mean, he was working out with Deshaun Watson randomly over the summer. Oh, okay. Oh, there's David Njoku. They're hanging out in Miami. Great. Okay, just get more work in. Constantly. Deshaun Watson was working out with everyone, but he also spent the entire offseason focused on football and ready to right the wrong that was the final six games. Daniel Jeremiah, I told you guys he was on the Ryan Rossillo show. Daniel Jeremiah, uh, obviously a scout, uh, been an NFL scout for a very long time, or was an NFL scout for a very long time. Now he works in the media as one of these like hybrid, I'm not a scout anymore, but I'm in the media as a scout. It's like when... It's like when John Gruden goes on Monday Night Football and is like, I'm a head coach, but he's not a head coach anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, he still called him coach, but it was like, you haven't coached in 10 years. But he still knows how to coach. Daniel Jeremiah still knows how to scout. This is Daniel Jeremiah on what he saw with Deshaun Watson last year, Ryan Rosillo show. Did you watch much of the Deshaun Watson tape from last year? It was not good. What happened? I didn't think... Yeah. And Orlovsky, I think, said this as well. But when you when you watched him, there was no urgency, no twitch. Like he just was a very uh, we use the term in scouting. We talk about guys that are monotone, you know, like everything was just kind of one speed. There were, and that was from not only just his quickness and movement in the pocket, his ability to escape, but also just mentally, like he was not quick and sharp like he had been uh, previously in his career. So. And I, that, that's probably, you know, the layoff, I guess, is a big part of that. I also don't know that that's that offense setup, that that fits him and what he's always done. You know, him being under center and turning his back to the defense is not something he's ever really done and never been a part of who he is or what he is. Um, but that's the, you know, that's part of that run game that, that they've had so much success with in Cleveland. So they're just going to drop him into that. I think it's a combination of those two things. I, I think he, 
he lost a little a little uh, twitch, and then I don't know that he was super comfortable uh, in that setup. Which is why the preseason was so important. Did he or did he not look really comfortable in the preseason? It's one of the things I came away with. I was like, he looks really comfortable. He looks really good. He looks like he is uh, ready for the season. I, I was worried the entire time whether or not he'd be seeing ghosts. Whether or not he would, he would look around and be like the Sam Darnold treatment, like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm seeing things that aren't there. I'm I'm scared. I'm timid. Not at all. He could have looked like at times he could have just had like a sip of coffee and hung out in the back in the pocket and just nobody could have bothered him. Like he was hanging out at the local Starbucks, just hanging out. Could have got him a book, propped his feet up, had a nice day. Looked very very comfortable. I think you're going to see a different Deshaun Watson this year based off the comfortability, and based off the fact that this offense is now catered to him. Last year, you can say what you want, but Deshaun Watson didn't have his imprint on it. We can talk about whether or not Kevin Stefanski tried. That's a different story now. But the idea that Deshaun Watson now is his his imprint on it, I think is going to go a long way. But I don't know. I put this question out there to you guys at 216-474-092. How many games will it take for Deshaun to look like the old Deshaun to you? And can I be honest with you, I didn't think many people would call up and be like, I don't think it's going to happen till week 12. Because you want to buy into what I'm saying. You know, everything sunshine and rainbows, you think I'm right. Everything uh, glass half full, you're like JP, you're nailing it. Right away against Cincinnati, he is going to be, Peter Brady right there, right away against Cincinnati, he is going to be awesome. He's going to come out of the gates firing. Historically, he starts a little bit slower usually, but so do the Bengals. But coming out of the gate, he's going to be awesome, and we're not going to have to worry about anything. We're not going to have to question anything. We are just going to understand that our $230 million investment that cost us six picks in total is just good at this. Ideal world, that's what happens. That's what I think is going to happen. But you surprise me sometimes. Sometimes, again, I was surprised yesterday with that Ken take. Ken, of all people, saying he needed to see the defense be great before he believed in it, surprised me a little bit. Maybe you guys feel that way as well. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Maybe with Deshaun Watson, you got to see it in order to believe it as well. I, again, I'm a very pragmatic human. I, I, I'm very much so. I have to see it. I have to believe it. In order, I have to see it in order to believe it. Uh, there's a part of me that it's honestly it's awful for like conspiracy theory talk. You know. Would I, if I was not this type of person, I could do Bigfoot. We could talk about UFOs. We could do all this nonsense. But I'm like, I, listen, I've never seen Bigfoot except for on like a beef jerky box. I, UFOs. Only aliens I've ever known is ET. And I don't know ET. Okay. I just watched him in a movie. Like, I, like, what are we talking about here? You might as well tell me that the you want to go to Narnia next. You know what I mean? That's that's where I'm at. That's why I'm miserable when it comes to conspiracy talks because usually I got to see it in order to believe it. I got to have it with my own two eyes. You tell me Lunchables are awesome. I got to go to the store and buy myself Lunchables in order to figure it out. Now, would I have liked to have microwaved the Lunchable to find out if it could be used in multiple ways? Of course I would. But you know what? I felt a little hungry today, and I ate both of them before we got an opportunity to do that. Sue me. It is what it is. Most of the time, though, I am a very I-got-to-see-it-to-believe-it person. But sometimes when it's so obvious that it's slapping you in the face, I can let that part of me go. I can let the part of me that is supposed to say, wait just a second, the Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. 
I can take that part of my brain and I can I can punt it to the curb. Because the other part of my brain that is using the logic side of this is overriding it. And logically, I can't find a roadmap where Deshaun doesn't work. I can't find a roadmap where the defense doesn't work. So why do I need to see it when I know what you got on paper is more than good enough? This is the best roster, 1-53 to in my mind, the Browns have had easily since 1999. That's not really even up for debate to me. It is one of the best rosters you're going to see as a Browns fan. For a while there, I was saying 2-53. to You see how I removed the 2-53? to I made it 1-53. to Deshaun showed me enough here. He's gone through this like a pro. His head seems right. His confidence seems there. He's shown me enough that I believe in this team. I believe in this roster. I don't need to see it week one in order to believe that it's going to be awesome. Obviously, there's going to be no victory parades for putting up 35 and still losing to the Bengals if that happens. Because then we got to talk about why Joe Burrow was able to call out his number. There's other things we got to discuss then. But ultimately, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and take the deep, the deep dive into this team being a really good team. Because when I see it on paper the way that I see it, sometimes, like, like for instance, you ever go to a music festival? Why do you buy the tickets to a music festival? It's not just because you know there's going to be a bunch of drugs there and very scantily clad people, okay? That's not why you buy, okay, all right, fine. It's why some of you guys buy the tickets beforehand. But, when you watch and you get ready for a music festival, what do you see? You see the lineups ahead of time, right? And you're looking there and you're like, okay, it's got Kid Cudi. It's got Machine Gun Kelly. It's a very Cleveland-centric lineup we're doing here. It's got uh, Kanye West and it's got Taylor Swift. And then it's got Jax Gregory on the drums, okay? Like, it's uh, fine. I can look at that lineup. You're like, who's Jax Gregory? He's the guy running the board for me tonight, okay? he got. I don't know how he got the opening spot for all those guys, but he did. Uh, oddly enough, I might get a text from Bohm being like, you made Jax your drummer and not, I'm the actual drummer here, man. All right, so we got Michael Bohm on the drums. He's opening up for our, our, our make believe music set, our make believe music festival. You're going to buy tickets to that. You don't have to see them individually perform to know that it's going to be great. You know individually, oh, Taylor Swift? Doesn't make bad shows. It's going to be good. Kid Cuddy, that's a performer. Not really in the business of making bad shows. Machine Gun Kelly, you ever seen that dude? All he does, you might not like him, all he does is make awesome music shows. All right, he does other things too. But part of what he does is make awesome music shows. And then get drunk with me, and then I tell him uh, we have the same birthday, and he drunkenly thinks that's awesome. True story. True story. I don't need to see everything in life in order to know that it's going to be good. Sometimes you can look on the piece of paper and say, okay, Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, Tom Winston, the defense will be really good. Thornhill, the defense is there. And then you look at the offense and you're like, Watson, Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the game, one of the best offensive lines in the game. Amari Cooper is good for 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns every single year. We're going to be fine. No doubt about it. 216-474-0092. Your thoughts on this, your thoughts on Daniel Jeremiah and uh, Jason Lockenfora being a wet balloon when it comes down to the whole entire, or a wet blanket, excuse me. You could be a wet balloon, but that wouldn't accomplish anything that we need to uh, have it accomplish. Being a wet blanket 
is a better way to put it. I could have said wet balloon and we could have got out of here, but I didn't want to do that to you guys because you would have thought to yourself, what is JP smoking? He was at that music festival for too long. It's overtime with Jonathan Beatle and you're with you on the fan. Back out of here on the fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterwin. We're reacting to what Daniel Jeremiah had to say on the Ryan Rossillo show about Deshaun Watson. Basically, what he saw last year was doo-doo. Fine. I expect it. Daniel Jeremiah is a scout, though. He's going to take any sort of uh, emotion completely out of it. I don't buy Ken's theory about what happened last year. I don't believe that to be true. I just think it's incredibly hard to win in those circumstances. I think this year is going to be incredibly different, and I think Deshaun Watson is going to get out of the gate firing. You'll hear what Jason Lock and Four had to say with Baskin and Phelps in moments, but 216-474-0092, James and Phoenix up next on The Fan. Hello, James. Hello, how are you? Hey, James. What's up, man? Uh, just enjoying this Phoenix weather. Uh, what is it in Phoenix right now? It's actually been 110, 114 oh my gosh. every day. Got the rain last night, so it cooled down a little bit, but it's a little muggy. <clears throat> it is 70 degrees and clear in Cleveland. Oh, that's what my air conditioning said. At, at <laughs> Man, I so you you ever go to the good golf courses around there, though? All the time. What do they do right now when it's really hot? Do you get like good discounted rates if you try to go, or does no one even try? It's it's. The only time you don't get discounted rates is like five or six in the morning. The rest of the day is like half price. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. But it's so expensive in general in Phoenix for golf. I mean, uh, but beautiful courses for everything. I'm looking at a gas station right now, five dollars a gallon. Five bucks a gallon. It's funny. My yeah. mom asked me the other day. She goes, "What's the what's the price of uh, what's the price of gas around you right now?" And I was like, it, "No one asked me that since my dad, like 15 years ago. My dad's been dead for like 12 years. Every day, though, he would ask me what the price of gas was, and I'm like, why do you care what the price of gas is? But it's a good measuring stick. I don't know why. Like when you talk to people in different parts of the country, you care. They always ask me how much is gas out there. Same thing. Same thing. Exactly right, man. All right, what's on your mind tonight, James? So it's a little, I mean, it, it's in regarding to Deshaun Watson, but it's an aspect of the entire situation that I don't hear any of you talking heads bring up, and I don't hear the fans bring up. Let's do it. Before all these allegations with Deshaun Watson came out, this guy wanted traded, and he wanted out from the franchise that drafted him just after a few years. To me, that shows what kind of heart he has, what kind of competitive spirit he has, so it's kind of a moot point if he still has that skill and talent in him. I don't think he's the type of person. Can I, can I defend him for a second? Go ahead. They traded DeAndre Hopkins. You'd be mad, too, if they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, right? I mean, Tom Brady's receivers were different every single year. Yeah, but Brady always had a top defense. Houston's defense was absolute garbage. And they were going to try to do this rebuild while having uh, during his prime, which is I I do think if you're a quarterback of his talent and they try to do a rebuild as you're entering your 24, 25, 26 seasons, you deserve to be a little mad about that, more than a little mad about that. Well, I mean, hindsight, what did uh, DeAndre Hopkins do in Arizona besides get hurt and take up a bunch of cats? I had a couple a couple thousand yard seasons before I got uh, the the PED suspension for sure. Yeah, I mean it's a fair point. I still think he's a quitter. And that's okay. That's your right, James. I I would never label that with him. Or are we just gonna have to disagree, agree to disagree on that one. Uh, but it's interesting you brought it to the table. Yeah. So maybe some fans that call in in a little bit will or will share the same opinion. Maybe they won't. But 
I do feel like it's an aspect you got to look at and think about. All right. Stay cool out there, James. I appreciate you, man. I'll try. You too. All right. Good stuff. Yeah, I just, I don't buy it. I, I see where he's coming from to a degree. I just think if, if they're selling the entire team off and they're trading all your favorite weapons and they're leaving you with spare parts, like part of the reason why Deshaun Watson went four and 12 his final year is because they had the 28th ranked defense. Like James comes back, he's like, oh, Brady. Brady always had a top 10 defense. That's the one thing about the Tom Brady era is that they always had a good defense because Belichick was never letting them not have a good defense. That Houston team had absolutely nothing to it. Spare parts. And when you're 24, entering your 25, 26, 27, 28 seasons, you're entering your prime, your legitimate prime of your career to have somebody then turn around and say, you know what? We're going to try to, we're going to try to build this from the ground up while you already have a franchise quarterback is one of the biggest slaps to a franchise quarterback that an organization can give you. I, I don't, I don't personally look at it as quitting. Maybe you guys do. I don't. Like, for instance, I love wor- I love working here at 92.3 The Fan. It's a dream job. I love talking to you guys every day. You guys are such great listeners. We're friends. I love every bit of it, right? But I love the company I work for as well. I'll be a company man a little bit here. They treat me right. I feel good. I feel taken care of here. If I have wants or needs, they listen. Like, I, I feel good here. I like being here. If I, and again, 34 years old, you can be whatever years old you want to be in order to be a sports talk radio host, right? But if I thought that I was entering my sports radio prime, whatever the hell that is, I thought I was not on the back nine of my career. I'm trying to get this thing off the ground. And then I turned around and I saw that this station was, you know, cutting back hours for myself and then also turning around and powering down the wattage that I had as far as, uh, you know, the, the signal I would give off and to the amount of people I could reach while also everywhere around me cutting corners instead of having jacks. As well as Jake here tonight, maybe it's just Jax here, and then all of a sudden they get rid of Jax, and I'm down to just me being here at night by myself. Like all these little things, you know what I mean? And they just start like they just start taking away and taking away, and and it just I, I'm left to do like a third of the radio show that I'm currently doing. I probably would think about leaving as well. I, I don't need to rearrange the deck chairs in the Titanic to make people happy, so they don't think I'm a quitter. You know, like I sorry, I don't go down with the ship. I'm going to go ahead and find a new ship to get on before this one goes down. Seems like a logical thing to me, and that's really, in reality, all Deshaun Watson was trying to do. He was disgruntled. He was mad. Any quarterback entering their prime should not be in a situation like that. Could you imagine if Joe Burrow, right now, as he's entering his contract agreements, imagine they don't get to an agreement, and then at the end of the year, they're like, all right, well, bye, Jamar Chase. By T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, you were lucky to be here to begin with, and they just start selling everybody and anybody off. Joe Burrow would look around and be like, wait a second. That's not the agreement that we had. Look at what's happening with Giannis in Milwaukee. Giannis is raising a house. They just signed like the seventh Antetokounmpo today. Did you see that? Alex Antetokounmpo gives them like, I don't know, 35 members of the Antetokounmpo family on their roster, and he's like, yeah, you guys gotta, you gotta put a roster around me though. I'm not gonna be for, I'm not gonna play for a franchise that doesn't want to compete. That's all, it's same thing. That's all he's doing. He's putting, we put pressure on the team to make sure that they stay competitive. And if they don't stay competitive, he's not gonna waste his time with them. They could sign his grandma. They don't, he doesn't care. He's like, I, listen, I want to be on a, a competitive team. 
I don't care that every time I roll the ball out, it's basically an Antetokounmpo uh, family reunion. I don't care. Like, let's get me a roster that can win. That's all he cares about. Same thing with Deshaun. So I never looked at him like a quitter. Not at all. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Andrew in Brunswick up next on the fan. Hello, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Andrew? Um, yeah, based off that last call, I'd say, you know, it's it's not high school sports anymore where it's the good guy, the hometown hero. It's it's a business. I mean, I I mean when LeBron left, I was upset, but I mean it's all business. I mean, no one there's no loyalty anymore. It's twenty twenty three. It's not the, you know, not the 1970s, not the 80s, where everyone wants to be the hometown hero anymore. It's who makes more money and how can I win a championship? Yeah, it's and very rare, Andrew. Very rare someone stays for the whole entire lot of their career, you know? Yeah. I mean, the last caller talking about Tom Brady, I mean, where do you win his last Super Bowl? <laughs> one in, one in New England. That's a good point. But um, my, my uh, thought with Deshaun Watson is, you know, I expect, I agree with you, I expect him ready, play one, day one mainly because it's not like he was coming off of an injury where we're like, ah, how's he going to take getting hit or, you know, putting his foot in the grass and seeing how he cuts. It was mainly, to me, it looked like a speed thing. The NFL moves very, very fast. And when you're out of it, it, it's hard to catch up. Those seven games were him catching up. It's almost like when you get hit the first time, you're like, all right, this is the speed we're going. This time he had those seven games. He's had a full off season. He knows what to expect, and he'll come back. He's not an old guy. It's not like we're talking about him being great 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's a few years. He's, what, 28? Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff comes naturally. It wasn't an injury. It, it was different off-the-field stuff. He had to come up to game tempo, and it, he did. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Jason Rockenfora completely disagrees with Andrew, completely disagrees with me. This is what he had to say on Baskin and Phelps about Watson and the latest around the quarterback. It looked better when Jacoby Brissett did his job. That's just a fact. So now there's even more pressure on him, you know? I, I don't I, – I, he, he clearly has talent. He also clearly is an incredibly flawed individual whose decision-making um, is abysmal. And, and I don't think there's a switch that you just flick. And then, you know, you're one guy on the field and another off. Certainly last year, he, he didn't, it didn't look like that was possible because he didn't look like the, the football player who was, you know, the off-field Superman as well before he became a villain. It, it, it looked different. And maybe that's just rust or whatever, but I don't know if I'm buying that. Yeah, Jason has been, I asked for consistency in life. Jason has been consistently hating on uh, Deshaun Watson for a while now, and that's fine. There's going to be a segment of people out there that this is what they do. They're going to hate Deshaun Watson until he makes them prove to them that he can do this again. I'm keeping notes, though, and I'm keeping tabs. I got a long list of different media members that have gone through with the idea I think it's just laziness more than it is anything. I'm not saying Jason's lazy. I'm saying uh, the majority of the people that I'm talking about, Jason covers the AFC North. He's paying attention. Most people I'm talking about, though, they got 32 teams to cover. They just don't want to give the Browns the attention and the time that it deserves. And it's just easier to say, ah, Deshaun's got to prove it. And I don't know that Deshaun's going to come back than it is to do the research and to see what's actually going on here in Berea. It's just easier for them to do that. You're going to hear that a lot. 
around week four, week five, if he goes in there, if he takes off Cincinnati and then takes off Baltimore, heading into that 49ers game, doesn't matter what even happens in the Pittsburgh game or the, the Titans game, uh, people are going to have their eyes wide open. And how that Pittsburgh game, that's a national game, by the way, against baby hands picket. Go out there and out-duel the uh, bell of the off-season ball for the national media and stomp it to them. They're going to have to pay attention to you. All right, hey, guys, the Josh Dobbs and Trey Lance trades prove that it's always game day in Cleveland. Look for two fresh episodes about what's happening in Berea and around the league each week at 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app, sponsored locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. Hit me up on Twitter there. You can find me. I'm at Jay Pietel, and we come on back, as we always do. It's time for the Fan Focus.